welcome to the Healthy Mindfuck Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Lee. This show is completely dedicated to giving you the stories, strategies, and top performance hacks from extraordinary minds around the globe. Without further ado, let's dive right in. Hey fam, I hope everyone has been amazing. I have some extraordinary news. After a long anticipated wait, Wired for Worthy is open. If you haven't heard about Wired for Worthy, it is our community. We are talking about the neuroscience of self-discovery because when it really comes to living our fullest potential, we are the thing that gets in our greatest way. And so many other things out there and a lot of things that I had come across are really teaching me what to think, but not how to think for myself. And when it came to utilizing the tools that these other teachers were instructing me when I was all alone, they no longer worked. I had to have them there. So what Wired for Worthy is really about is building tools in a toolbox that you can use and utilize for neurological self-regulation so that when things get challenging, you are not left high and dry. Inside of this group, we use biometric feedback and individualized results to help you achieve your goals, get the resistance out of the way, transform it, and live your fullest potential. For my healthy mind people that have been listening to this podcast since the beginning. If you go into the show notes, you'll notice that there's a special link inside of there that is going to give you an additional $20 off this community. It is not inside of a Facebook group. It's actually inside of its own built application. We could not be more excited for you to dive into that. So to get more information about that, go ahead and click the link in the show notes. And without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. What is going on, my friends? Welcome to another episode of the Healthy Mind Fuck Podcast. Today, my brother from another mother, Dr. Eugene, is joining us to talk about all things brain and belief-based. Uh, before we started this party, is this going to be a party today? It's going to be a party. Yeah. yeah. Sure, let's do it. Uh, it's going to be great. Uh, Dr. Eugene asked me like, you know, what's kind of been in the space? What have your clients been talking about? And one of the big things that I continue to hear are, I can't get out of my own way. Like, how do I change these belief systems? What are my belief systems? Right. And like self-sabotage has been like on the rise. I think like COVID and like the stay at home orders have given everybody like this, like profound new space to kind of do and be whoever they want. And most people don't have like systems or tools to change who they thought they were to be who they truly are. So like, maybe we can dive into those really gentle, light, simple conversations today, but Dr. Eugene, tell us, tell us about your life. Tell us about your universe first. Yeah. My universe is, um, I'm a actual licensed clinical pharmacist by trade. So I went to pharmacy school, graduated that, worked as a pharmacist for a few years, uh, quit because it's real, I quickly realized I didn't want to do this for the rest of my life, working in the hospital with doctors and nurses and difficult patients. And one of the things that I've come to realize was, oh, okay, that's not what I want to do. And that that's when I went on this whole soul searching journey, if you may. Right. And I went into filmmaking for a little bit, got some success with that and then realized I didn't like filmmaking. Uh, to give you an idea, we had a lot of success. My biggest project that I spearheaded was a film I was editing, short film I was editing, it got 23 million views, but then it took me seven months to edit it. 
So I was just like, oh, okay. So after that, left that because I was trying to figure out what is it that I do enjoy? And that's when I realized, oh, what is it that I like about filmmaking? It's not the filmmaking itself. It's the storytelling mm. because we love stories. We were as adults, we sit in a dark room and watch a movie for two hours to be told a story, right? So that's when I realized, oh, okay, what aspect of storytelling is it that interests me? Oh, what's storytelling about? It's about a main character that has some sort of challenge, overcomes that challenge and has an amazing internal transformation. And I think as humans, we crave that every day in our own lives. And that's when I started looking into what, how do you make this happen in real life? And then that's eventually when I discovered neuroscience, how the brain works and you know quantum quantum physics and all that good stuff and you're realizing wait hold on there's actually a method to the madness there's a way to create transformation inside of yourself if you really wanted to and ever since then i've been combining the science side of things with my marketing skills because no one wants to hear all the details <laughs> honestly right because there's too much jargon too much terminology yeah. and just a simple way to understand wait how do you actually create transformation so i've been on this mission ever since working with leaders ceos executives uh, i've been I've coached over 200 entrepreneurs now, helping them learn all this kind of stuff and create actual results in their life and their business. And yeah, been doing that ever since. Can you start to explain to us, like, so the words like neuroscience and like quantum physics, like get thrown out there a lot. Um, And similar to you, like, I love some of like the nitty gritty, but at the end of the day, like I need some meat and potatoes. Like I need things that I can take actions on and we never take actions on things that we don't believe in. That's kind of like the, the limbic system kind of getting activated and creating that intrinsic motivation towards our goals. How does right. neuroscience and quantum physics, how did they play together? So play together, that can be a, are we going down that rabbit hole? Let's go um, down that rabbit hole. Why not? <laughs> we just might as well go gentle, simple. So, so the neuroscience has been helping a lot with the awareness right? The quantum physics is the thing that helps with, for lack of a better term, shifting your reality. Like what you thought was true turns out not to be true, right? In quantum physics, they, they discovered that the atom can be both particle and wave at the same time. Like that's mind blowing. How's that possible? That means every atom in your body right now, even though it feels, I'm tapping myself on the chest. I don't know if this is video, but everything that feels like matter to you actually isn't fully matter. It's also just energy, empty space. So it's, it just kind of blows you away. And it just brings you to that question of quantum physics is what really helped me dive deeper into the internal work, because you're thinking about how, wait, hold on. If, if things like that is possible, then what if it helps you question your reality? What if the reality of I suck? What if the reality of I'm not good enough? What if the reality of you know, nothing good ever happens in my life actually wasn't true. So the quantum physics was the one that actually helped me allow myself to question the reality, even though it felt so true, right? Me not being good enough, me not being capable, not being smart, whatever it is, all the limiting beliefs that we all carry. uh, It just really helped question that reality, if that makes sense. And then the neuroscience is what helps with the application of, wait, how do we actually shift the reality? Mm. How do we activate higher levels of performance? clarity, focus, energy, all that good stuff. And I think that's what, that's what a lot of us want is like, I I think broad when I like first started to get into this world, it was like, I know that the way that I'm feeling is not doing me any favors. And then you kind of get into like, I I know I went from like, uh, I want to feel different to law of attraction to like biohacking and butter in my coffee 
and all of it to try to like change the way that I was feeling to like change the way that I was participating in reality. But really, if you change the way that you feel, the reality around you changes too. Correct. How do you that's, wire those pathways? Like that's, and that's, that's the end yeah. game, right? Cause like change the outside world. I need to do more, but the reality is I don't need to do more. I need to right. be more. Well, this is where I think most people get stuck, right? It's think about it this way. If you find yourself asking what to do, like, what should I do next? What do I do here? What do I do there? And you're still feeling stuck. Chances are your brain's not in the part of the part of your brain that's on is not the part that's going to help you figure that out. Oh, Dr. Eugene, right? dirty to me. So how do I, how do I explain that? Like, imagine you're watching the cooking channel, right? And you're, and you're learning how to cook a dish and the chef's telling you what to do, right? Do this step, do that step. And I think everyone's had this experience. You're done with your dish. You look at your dish. You look at the one the chef made. And you're like, why, the, why does mine look nothing like the chef's? Why does the chef's look so much better? And most people would think, oh, it's because the chef is really good at what the chef does. They're the expert. They've, or it, they're experienced. They've done this a ton of times. But what most people don't also pay attention to is, wait, hold on. The chef knows what to cook, but the chef also knows how to cook. That's what makes the chef amazing. So what do I mean by this? Throw a whole new set of ingredients in front of the chef. Chef will probably still cook up a delicious meal. Throw a whole new set of ingredients to the new person. What does that person ask? It's a lot of questions with what? What am I supposed to do with this? What do I do here? Tell me what to do. And they're still stuck and they never cook a thing, right? But if they ask the better question where they ask, wait, hold on, how does cooking work? Then the chef can tell you, oh, okay, you got an eight ounce piece of beef here. You put it at this flame, at this temperature, it cooks at this rate. And that's why if you cook it for this many minutes, it comes out the perfect consistency. And then you understand how it works. Mm -hmm. This is kind of how life is like in personal development. We're stuck in this survival mode, this survival state. That's where we're reacting without thinking. And we're constantly asking, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Whether it's with my life, my career, my relationships, whatever it is, what, 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 what? So we watch those personal development things that tell you, go meditate, go practice gratitude, go journal. Those are good things, but then the mindset is not in the right place. We think the what is going to solve everything. And it's never going to work unless we have an understanding of how it works. So where yeah. am I going up with all of this is that the number one thing is just understand how things work first before you start determining what to do. So what do I mean by this? Understand how your brain works. Your brain, the simplest way that I found to understand it is it's, it's like a light switch. It only operates in one of two states, survival state, right? Which is where if you're in front of a tiger and you're about to get eaten, that's a part of your brain that turns on. It's a mode where you're reacting without thinking. You're just doing it without thinking. So this is clue, clue, like hint, hint. This is where the self-sabotage and all that kind of stuff kind of kicks in where it feels like, why is this happening to me? Even though I'm telling myself not to do it. It feels like it's doing it by itself. Mm -hmm. And then there's executive state. This is where your prefrontal cortex is, right? Where a lot of your amazing capabilities are, your critical thinking skills, your problem solving skills. My favorite one being empathy, the ability to connect with people, right? Is literally turned off when you're in survival state. It's one or the other. So everything that you want is from the executive state, but the big problem is research shows that majority of our life, we're in the survival state. And why is that? Even, even though we're not in actual danger of dying from a wild animal, about to eat us. Why is it that it's on so much? It's because of our emotions, the emotions that we don't like feeling. It's emotional survival. 
So the number one thing is just be aware of this. Like how often are you feeling anxious? How often are you feeling afraid? How often are you feeling frustrated or angry? All of these feelings that don't feel good, it's going to turn on that part of your brain that doesn't know how to think. It's just going to react, fight, flight, freeze. So that's the first thing I always do is just show people that and just have them do an exercise with themselves. Yeah. Because in life-threatening scenarios, it's very straightforward, right? Fight, flight, freeze. You're going to pick up a weapon to fight. You're going to run for your life to run away, or you're going to freeze and stop doing things. It's playing dead is, is the analogy, right? Because opossums are famous for doing that because their prey likes live, live food. So if you play dead, they're going to go away. So it's, if I play dead, maybe the threat will go away. But when it's emotional survival, it's similar. It's just, it just looks different. Yeah. So most people don't even realize that, that they're constantly in a fight, flight, freeze response. So I show them, I'm like, this is what fight looks like. For example, the straightforward ones are, you know, someone says something hurtful to you, you get defensive. Now you're fighting. That's fight. Or you ever see someone get cut off on the road and they go into road rage and they're fighting back to try to cut that person back off. That's another fight. They're reacting without thinking. One thing I found a lot of people don't even realize is a fight response is fighting is also working hard, working too hard, yeah. perfectionism, because you spend your whole life, if you carry this belief that you're not good enough, you're going to spend your whole life fighting to be good enough by trying to accomplish a lot of things. And so we feel our whole lives and that we need to fight like this is some war. And then we misinterpreted messages from the hustle culture, like Gary Vee saying you need to work 80 hours a, a week. I think there's a lot of truth. Be there's a lot of truth and intention behind what people like that say, but we misinterpret it when we're in that survival state thinking, oh no, the, the solution is to just work our ass off, which is totally untrue because it'll always lead to burnout, always sure. lead to a lack of fulfillment. Sure. So number one thing is just start being aware of that. What does the fight response look like? Can you see it in your own life? Can you see it in the people around you? Now you have this experience like you're stepping out of the matrix and you're going, oh my God, there's just so much survival state where people are living their lives like zombies. They're just reacting without thinking to everything around them. Yes. And then there's flight response, which is procrastination, right? You just avoid the thing you don't want to do, which is a reaction to some sort of limiting belief around not ready, not capable. If I do this now, I might experience embarrassment, X, Y, Z, right? Where procrastination, a lot of people don't realize is procrastination is also numbing. Mm. you're fleeing from this feeling by numbing yourself intentionally you're distracting yourself on purpose some people like to binge watch netflix some people like to eat a tub of ice cream some people like to overindulge in things like alcohol sex drugs where to the point where it becomes an addiction and there's no judgment around this it's just important to be aware of it everyone has their numbing mechanisms everyone does it's just a matter of being aware and how to respond to it and lastly there's freeze freeze responses where you just stop it's things like overwhelm where if you're overwhelmed, you step into inaction. Or if you've ever gotten caught in a lie, your eyes kind of widen up and you freeze, don't you? It's kind of like yeah. that thinking of, oh, if I pretend I don't exist, maybe the problem will go away. Oh, your yeah. heartbeat literally slows down too because your body is trying to play dead, yeah. right? So that's the number one thing to be aware of in terms of how does this all work? Can you see that these are all reactive behaviors where without you thinking, your brain has taken control of these actions that you are doing without you telling it to do it because it thinks its life is in danger. So it's trying to take over for you with the fight, flight, freeze response. So the moment you realize that, that's when we can talk about things about what to do around self-sabotage, right? This, this feeling of every day, why is it feeling like I'm always stuck? It's understanding how this works first before we determine what to do.
and it's for me when I had that that realization and and I have it frequently because like sometimes the stress just makes you forget right that like right. awesome like I want the flow of reality the flow of information to go through a filter that's going to illuminate the good things in my life right I want like gratitude to be a default setting of like how I wake up and just kind of yes. do right? Like, oh my God, what a beautiful life. But most of us just instantly wake up in that fight, flight, freeze and that frontal cortex, that app is not available in the app store. So we wonder why we have no capacity to like change the way that we are or change the world around us or see it differently. You just quite literally don't have that tool available to you when you're like unregulated and disconnected. And then you live in those patterns of like self-sabotage and like unregulation and your body always goes back to what's certain and what's, what it's confident to survive in during those like stress patterns. So we'll go back to the old patterns of self-sabotage because they're familiar. And then that becomes our reality. And then we think that that's what happiness is, is like containment, but like, truly it's just like, oh, this is, this is settling. This is, this is settling. Right. And it's, it is hard, which is why the first step is just look. Like it's nothing you need to do yet. Just look like, can you see how much of your life is actually this survival reaction response Mm -hmm. of fight, flight, freeze to something, whether it's this belief you're carrying about not good enough, right? Not worth it, not worthy, et cetera. Once you look, then now you've given yourself power. Mm -hmm. The moment you become aware of it, because imagine this criminal is hijacking your brain in the darkness and you finally have a flashlight. You see where the criminal is. That's awareness, right? You have power the moment you have awareness because now you have a choice, right? You can do something about it. So the moment you have awareness, that's when you're ready to start taking a look at things and be like, okay, I don't like how this is repeating itself as a pattern in my brain. Because whether we know it or not, by the time we're 35 years old, more or less, right? 90 to 95% of the brain becomes subconscious. What does that mean? It's on autopilot. So think about how many things you know how to do without thinking, like going down the stairs or tying your shoelaces. Like there's times where you just do it without thinking because your brain has been conditioned from doing it so many times, but most people don't realize the same applies to your beliefs, to your thoughts. We think 70,000 thoughts a day, 90 to 95% of those thoughts are the same thoughts literally every day. And at least a quarter of them is some form of negative thought about yourself. So which part of the brain does that trigger? Survival or executive state, right? It triggers your survival brain. So the moment you start becoming aware of your own programming, that's when you give yourself the power to change it. Mm. And that's when you can start this journey of questioning your reality. Like, are the things that I think about myself, are they actually true? Oh, and that's when everything changes. This is so simply put and so beautifully put. I think this, so I can only speak from my personal experience. I like doing things, right? Like right. I, I'm the type A overachiever, like let's go. And this is like, what I tell my clients is like awareness and then action, right? There has to be a willingness and that's the bridge to like being different, but I like going, I like the, the feeling of motion and all those other things, but where I would constantly get myself tripped up was like thinking, and this, I guess this was part of the challenge of like, I'm going to go exist differently inside of my own patterns. And I would run a thousand miles an hour and say, look at all the motion in my life. And I had no clarity or no, I guess, awareness of like, I was running in the wrong way. Like no matter how far you run West, you're going to be really struggling to watch a sunrise, right? Right. Like 
going to be a real hard time to go do that. And I was like, I want to see the sunrise and I'm going to run West. Like it's not going to happen. Right. So when you build that awareness, it's like, awesome. Like now I, I know which direction I want to go in and I can do something different about it. Exactly. And you know, that's the thing too, is like, if you're not aware of it, people don't even realize that's a reaction because the thinking and the fight response out of the fight, flight, freeze is thinking and doing that's part of the fighting, but we don't do as much sensing and feeling. Mm -hmm. but we need both because yeah. here's the thing. If you're sensing and feeling things that don't feel good, when you're doing the thinking and doing, you're fighting to make the inside feel better, but that never happens. You never feel better from changing things on the outside. Why is this? Imagine you go to the dark, a dark forest and you hear a really scary growl coming from somewhere that you can't see. Think about where your focus goes outside of yourself or inside of yourself it goes outside of yourself, right? Because you think your life is in danger. You're scanning your surroundings. But the same applies when we're in emotional survival. We have this feeling that we don't like. So survival state turns on. Guess where attention goes? Everything outside of you. So you're living in this illusion thinking these things outside of me are causing the feeling inside of me simply because you're in a survival state. So we live our lives thinking, oh, maybe I need to change things on the outside to feel better on the inside. Oh, I don't. I think this relationship is making me unhappy. It must be the relationship. You change the relationship, still not happy. You change the career, still not happy. You go, maybe I need more stuff. You buy everything money can buy, still not happy. And like, I've seen this time and time again in clients as well that have achieved everything you think that anyone would want to achieve, yet they're still feeling something on the inside that's not feeling good. And the moment you realize, wait, hold on, it's coming from the inside. Mm. Now you know where to look because your brain has been in survival. So it keeps looking in the wrong place the whole time. I think that's a really important awareness to have. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like <laughs> you're just constant. And I, again, this has like been my life is like, oh my gosh, I'm like looking for happiness in my shame. That's not, that's probably not where that <laughs> is. That's, that's not the right spot to go do that. How can you build self-awareness though? Like the, this is like the, the total income, like personal development is build that self-awareness. Like how do you do it? Yeah. So I think one of the most effective ways is number one, just educating yourself and how that works. Yeah. Fight, flight, freeze. You become an expert at fight, flight. I tell people, make it a game. Go, oh, okay. My friend is clearly upset right now. They're probably in their survival state where they're reacting without thinking. Oh, they react by yelling, right? Or they react by avoiding you or by shutting down. If you can just see how people are reacting without thinking all the time, you become more aware of yourself and others around you. That kind of helps you have this experience of, oh my God, there's so much survival state all around me. Right. If anyone's ever seen the movie Matrix, it's that moment where you realize I've been in the Matrix this whole time and that I just stepped out. The moment you step out, now you have power. So now that you have that awareness, what do you do next? You start seeing what you're surviving from. What are you surviving from? That's a powerful question to ask. Are you surviving from feeling like you aren't worth much because your parents always belittled you or judged you or your friends judged you? Are you surviving from embarrassment because you hated how you had this big embarrassing moment in the past? Are you surviving from not being loved because you've been betrayed at some point in your life? What are you surviving from? And the moment you can identify what you're surviving from, whether it's, oh, this time in my life, this thing happened to me. That's when you're ready. If you allow yourself to question that reality, like the story I like to share about how important this is, is I got to have the opportunity to get briefly trained by this um, coach. Her name's Rhonda Britton. And I want to give context of her story because the words that she shared really shook me. So at the age of 14, 
it was Father's Day. They were supposed to go out as a family to go for a meal, a Sunday brunch. Dad opens the trunk saying he's going to get his coat, but he didn't get his coat. He got a shotgun. Points the gun at mom, Rhonda's mom, starts yelling at her, upset, saying, you made me do this, you made me do this, shoots mom, points the gun at Rhonda. Mom was still alive, so she's shouting, don't shoot her. They're not realizing mom was still alive, points the gun back at mom, goes up next to Rhonda, then shoots himself. So at 14 years old, she was the sole witness of a murder-suicide. And you can, you would imagine she went into a lot of survival mode, right? Alcoholic, suicidal, trying to protect, that's her brain's way of trying to protect herself from the pain, right? Fight, flight, freeze. You, uh, you fight by working hard. She was still a straight-A student on the outside. She was fleeing by al alcohol and suicidal ideation, right? Like trying to commit suicide three times. And sometimes you just freeze in inaction. So she was in so much pain. But one day she turned her life around and she started helping other people. She became a coach. And now in the 90s, she had an Emmy award winning television show. She's been on Oprah twice just to give you how successful she became by that time because she turned her life around. And the reason I share that story is because she said something that really shook me to my core coming from where she came from, which is this. She said, until you're willing to be wrong about everything you know, nothing will ever change. Does that make sense? Oh Until you're willing to be wrong about everything you know, nothing will ever change. And it's less about, hey, everything you know is wrong, and it's more about the willingness. Are you willing to be wrong? Because if you want to shift your reality, you got to let go of this attachment to your current one just to explore, could it be wrong? So how do I do this with clients, for example? Imagine as a kid, dad was very judgmental of you. And he yelled at you a lot. And he made you feel like shit. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse, but I guess you yeah. cursed at the beginning of the podcast. So <laughs> imagine, imagine he, he makes you feel like shit as a kid. So you start developing this belief that I'm not good enough, right? So in that moment, I explore with the client. I'm like, wait, hold on. If it's not making you feel good, if it's causing a survival emotion, it means that your brain's giving it a meaning that's actually not true. Mm -hmm. So why don't we explore this for a second? Let's look at dad. What would that, when dad's being angry, do you feel like he's doing that out of a survival state or he's doing it in an executive state where there's empathy and compassion? It's like, oh, okay, survival state. So if he's, he's literally reacting without thinking in that moment then, yes. Is he reacting to you or is he reacting to himself? Oh, he might be reacting to himself. Yeah. What do you think he might be reacting to? Oh, my dad lost his parents at an early age. Oh, this horrible thing happened to my dad when he was younger. It's like, oh, okay. And then where things get even more coincidental, it's just like, oh, okay. So dad believes he's not good enough. Just like you don't believe you're good enough. And now we've created this generational cycle where it's a pattern and then I don't need to go into epigenetics and things like that, but you know, that's when you see these patterns happening. And that's the moment when the client can break the pattern and this makes a decision. I'm not going to repeat this pattern because I finally see it had nothing to do with me. I was giving it a meaning saying dad doing this means I'm not good enough. But the moment you see, wait, hold on. The only reason dad is doing what dad is doing is because he's reacting to his own pain and suffering. Mm -hmm. And even though I've been harboring so much resentment and hate towards my father, I'm actually feeling some empathy and compassion right now, exploring it from this point. 
welcome to life outside the matrix. You're seeing what's actually true now. Mm. We all just react to our own pain. Whenever there's anger, oh, this is my favorite one. Whenever you see someone angry or frustrated, whether it's myself or whether it's other people, you're reacting to your own fear. And this changed my life. This work changed my life with my family. I would get upset with my daughter. You know, her, she's about to become six years old, but when she was a little bit younger, a few years back, I would get really angry at her when she's not listening to me. And as I'm going deeper into this, I'm like calling myself out on it. Cause you know, you would justify in your brain. Oh, it's cause she's not listening. That's why I'm getting angry. You made me angry. Right. And I was just like, hold on. I'm calling myself out. If I'm angry, that means I'm in survival. I'm not reacting to what she's doing. I'm reacting to the meaning that I'm giving of what she's doing. What am I surviving from in this moment for me to get so angry and yell at her? And that's when it hit me. I'm just like, Oh shoot. I'm very sensitive about being a bad father because I had a very rough relationship with my father. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, I had a lot of resentment, a lot of anger to the point where you go on this mission going, I'm never going to be like my father. And that's a selfish motivation, isn't it? Right? It's not an empathetic motivation. So the moment my daughter's not listening to me, my brain's going, hey, you're being a bad father right now, just like your dad. You got to do something about this. And then boom, fight, right? I go into fight mode and yell, get angry, try to control her. When all I'm doing is scaring the poor girl. So this is why it's transformational for me because the reality in my brain was I'm becoming a bad father when the true reality is no, three-year-old girl being a three-year-old girl. They don't know how to emotionally regulate yet. They don't know how to, right? Like there's a lot of things they're still learning and they need your help. And it's the moment I give it a false meaning. I'm reacting to my own pain now. Does that make sense? Oh when my you're God. in survival, you're making everything about you, I guess in a nutshell. Right. It's just, I think the relationship of you to yourself versus you to other people is like one of the hardest things. I mean, it, it it's so difficult to step outside of yourself and try to understand somebody else's perspective. And I'd say it's near impossible when you're in that stress state, when you're in that fear state. Yeah, your empathy's like turned that. off. Literally, yeah, it's, not, it's literally not possible. So yeah, you'd be like, if you've, if you've been in a relationship and you're like, yeah, we've been having the same fight for five years, what started it? Like, I, I hear that we've been having the same fight for five, 10, 15, 25 years. Like, what was the start of it? And like, you two are just triggering each other's trauma responses and turning yes. off the area that's actually going to make a change. And like, I, I hear so much time and time again, and I guess this is probably a good question. Like, you know, what if you're willing to do the work, but your partner's not willing to do the work, right? Or have that awareness or see things differently. Like you said, until you're willing to be wrong, right? What if they're not willing to be wrong? Like I, I've, man, I had that question like 25 times today. Yeah. I'm doing the work, but what about my partner? What if they're not willing right. to be wrong? Right. Because that's already survival thinking if you think about it. Bingo. It's coming from a belief like if my partner changes, then I will be happy. You're holding them in that space. You're, you're, you're planting an acorn at the beach. Yeah. You can't change your partner, but you can change you. And when you change you, what happens is you set boundaries. So once you set boundaries, now you have clarity. Should mm. I stay? Should I go? Okay. He's clearly not willing. He's clearly not in a place where what I'm looking for in terms of the relationship I want to build. The only reason you stay in the relationship is because of your own limiting belief of not being good enough? What if I leave? And that means I'm not good enough. What if I leave? Or the opposite happens too, right? They see the change in you and now they're 
changing themselves. But the, the, the number one thing that you can control is your relationship with yourself. And that's actually where everything that matters is. So what do I mean by this? I think the most powerful question that hit me one time was, um, this, this is what relationships now. So Dr. Joe Dispenza was once asked a very cliche question about relationships. And this person was asking like, how do I find the one? How do I find my perfect partner? And he knew that this question was coming from a survival state because here's why that's a survival state question. That question is presuming that there must be this one person in the world that you can dump 100% responsibility to for your happiness. It's like an insurance policy, right? How do I find someone that can hold, I can hold responsible for my happiness so that whenever I'm unhappy, I don't have to take ownership of that and I can blame it on that person. And that question in itself comes from a limiting belief. It's the belief that, there's something out there that completes you when you've always been whole. Your value can never be measured. You've always been priceless. But it's the moment you fall out of that reality is the moment that you start thinking thoughts like that. Maybe I need to find a partner to complete me, to make me happy. When you've always had the power all along to make you happy. And then Dr. Joe asks this really powerful question, which is he wasn't going to play the game of talking about finding your perfect partner. He just asked the question. He's like, would you go out with you? And I remember that hit me like a ton of bricks for two big reasons. Number one was because I immediately became very aware of my answer being no, right? Because it's easy to focus on all the things you don't like about yourself and all the flaws that you feel you have. But the deeper breakthrough was, I had an even deeper realization was, I was like, wait, hold on. Oh my goodness. I can tell my wife, I love her all I want. I, I love her. I do all these things for her because I love her. But if I don't love me, I'm not doing it for her. I'm doing it for me. It's like an insurance policy mentality, right? That's why if she doesn't reciprocate in the way that I hope she would in my fear, that's when I get resentful. I'm going, what the heck? Like, why aren't I did all these? And that's when you play the, I did all these things for you card, right? Because that means I've been operating out of my own limiting belief to begin with for me to even react that way, saying, I did all these things for you. How come you don't do these things for me? I can tell my kids I love them and I do all these things for them because I love them. But if I don't love me, I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it for me. And that was the biggest realization I had, which was, oh my God, the most important relationship you can ever have is the one with yourself. Because if you don't have a good relationship with yourself, no matter what you do, it's all a selfish motivated action that we're taking. Is that making sense? Because the moment you love yourself, that's the moment you can operate in abundance because that gives the ability to let go of yourself, mm. which is what this is all about. Because that's the ego, right? The ego that we hold on to, the self that we're trying to create that for whatever reason, it's a fight response to try to prove ourselves worthy or prove. When none of this stuff was even real, if you think about it, that's right. the rabbit hole I go down. It's just like, none of this is even real. Right. It's just a projection that you've created based on your survival responses. So the way I like to explain it to people why this is so important, the relationship with yourself, is think about it this way. If you have a traumatic experience in your life, let's say seven-year-old version of yourself and has a traumatic experience where you're in a lot of pain and you're giving this experience a certain meaning, right? That gets stored as memory. That meaning that you gave it gets stored as memory. And for the rest of your life, now you're programming your brain to look out for similar scenarios so that you can go into, get triggered into fight, flight, freeze response again. But here's the way I like to explain it. Whenever you're feeling these feelings that don't feel good, that means it's coming from a feeling you felt in the past. Because if you never experienced that 
experience, you would not be feeling that feeling, if that makes sense, right? In a sense. So whenever you're not feeling good, number one is we establish that it's not coming from what's happening outside of you. It's not whatever experience is happening right now that's causing the feeling. You're, you're getting pulled into the past. Mm. And what that means is there's this seven-year-old version of you, this 10-year-old version of you, or whatever age you experience certain traumas going, I'm really hurting right now. I need your help. I am hurting so bad and I need your attention right now to your current self. But if your current self goes into survival and you fight, flight, freeze, it's like you're turning your back on yourself, isn't it? It's like telling your seven-year-old self, don't got time for you right now. You know how much work I have to do? Oh, you're such a burden. Oh, I can't stand you. Get out of my face. And then we flight from ourselves going, oh, I don't want to be near you right now. I'm going to go watch some Netflix. Or we just kind of shut down in freeze mode, right? And we just stop doing anything altogether. And that's just making your seven-year-old self hurt even more when it's asking for your help. Mm. Because we're looking in the wrong places. We think we need to look on the things outside of us to help this hurting boy inside of us, thinking this hurting boy or girl is the problem. When all along, all that person wanted was just your presence to listen, to hug them, to love them, which is just you, is to love you. And the moment you're able to love yourself in that moment, whenever you're not feeling good, instead of thinking, oh, this situation that's happening at work or this thing with my business is causing me the stress right now. No, you're able to be like, no, I know this is all an illusion right now because my survival state is on. I'm going to look inside. It's like, hey, I'm here. Oh, there you are, seven-year-old Eugene. There you are, 10-year-old Eugene. What do you need right now? I've got your back. Oh, I know you really like this video game that you've played. Why don't we just spend 10 minutes playing that video game that we liked playing as a kid? Just right. as our way of kind of being with each other. I tell clients, take yourself out on a date. Uh, yeah. Take yourself out on a date. Literally doing that tonight. Yeah. Take yourself out on a date because this is the most important relationship you're ever going to have. I mean, you're stuck with yourself for the rest of your life. Might as well learn how to have a good relationship with yourself where you're able to look at yourself and be like, you know, I love you despite the flaws that you have. And just like you would treat a kid lovingly when they're learning, you help these younger versions of yourself learn too, where it's just like, okay, Connect and redirect, right? That's in parenting psychology, is something called connect and redirect, where you can't redirect to the conversation you want to have unless they feel connected to you first. Yeah. You know, you have a little girl too, right? If they're melting down, they're not ready to hear information because their brain is literally not thinking in survival mode. If oh they're my. crying, they so no matter how much you tell them, right? How do you think your brother felt when, when you hit him or whatever? How do you think your sister felt when you took away? The they're not listening to you. So they need that hug first. They need to emotionally regulate. They need their body to calm down, let their parasympathetic nervous system turn on. Now you can talk to them about what you want to talk to them about. So you do that with yourself, right? Take yourself out on a date. When you feel yourself calming down, then you can talk about it. It's like, oh, okay, you know, dad did that thing to you and you thought that meant that something's wrong with you. Let's explore that together. Let's look at dad for a second. What? Did he seem angry? Yes. Okay. If he's angry, then it has nothing to do with you. Here's why. He's just reacting to his own fear right now. Can you see the fear? Yes. Now you're able to let go. That seven-year-old version of yourself is able to let go of the meaning of the experience you gave it, which was dad doesn't love me. Mm. Can you see how that's not true? Oh, I see how that's not. And boom, you're letting it go. And all the while this is happening, you're literally creating new neurological connections in your brain that's shifting your inner reality. And it's all about finding truth. Yeah, it really is the real truth, right? Yeah. This is less about cheerleading you, making you feel good. Hurrah, hurrah. Yeah. yeah this is let's explore what's mindset. actually true. Yeah. Let's learn about how the brain works. Let's see why this person's actually doing that. 
and why you might be actually doing that. And now you've given yourself power to shift your reality on the inside, and that will change the reality on the outside. Guaranteed. This is why you're my BFF. Dude, you're just <laughs> melting brains. Um, and it's, I want to remind people that the process of this is also an experience, right? It takes time to learn, to see stuck in your head and to feel these things. And sometimes it takes time to unwind them, but there's also times where the clouds can part and you can have profound awareness too. Those moments for me tend to come when I'm having conversations with people that can hold that space for me and understand that right now I'm, you know, freaking out because I don't understand and I feel scared or at least a version of myself or a version of my trauma does then helping with somebody else's perspective to regulate and get back to a functional place where I can understand differently, or I'm allowing myself to be wrong on an old perspective and release that and make space for new. Um, and this is just such a beautiful conversation. I'm sure you've melted lots of brains. I can't wait to re-listen to this one, man. Where can people connect to you if they want to get more on this or if they want to get some sessions or what do you have available for people right now? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one way to get in touch with me uh, is just going to my website. It's www.destinyhacks.co. Uh, and that's where you can sign up for like a free training. If you want to book a call with me, you can book a call with me on my website. Uh, I give a free training on short-term, quick ways to get yourself out of survival, right? Just a toolbox for you to have so that when you're in it, you can figure out ways to do it, right? Whether it's breathing exercises, awareness building, that kind of thing. Uh, and I also have a podcast. It's called the Neurohacking Podcast. If you kind of want to hear more of me spitting out my thoughts and things like that, it's it's on the show. Highly, highly recommend going to check all of that out. I mean, it's it's rare that I run across people that both have the intellect, but also have the practicality to make this information applicable and easily digestible to everyone. And for that, sir, I am eternally grateful that we ran into each other, what, two years ago now or whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to have you back on the show, brother. So thank you for spreading your wisdom. Like I, I have an entire desk full of notes over here. Um, and I'm just, I'm so excited seriously to go back and listen to this. It's been a minute since I've had this type of like washing effect from having a guest on. So dude, thank you as always. Absolutely. Hold up. Wait a minute, let's put some consciousness up in it. Welcome to today's episode. If you did not catch the episode where we are kind of revamping this bad boy, we are on a mission right now to get us into the top 100 in mindset and productivity. And because of that, and you are a part of this special and unique snowflake of an episode, we are going to ask you to do us a tiny little favor. If you have a grandma, grandpa, pastor, next door neighbor, somebody in your life that the title, or if you're at the end of this bad boy, tuning it up, that this would help them thrive in life, do us a tremendous favor and send this to them. Screenshot, uh, snail mail, download it on a USB, ship it over to China, whatever you got to do 
it is helping us so, so much. And we are already making tremendous amounts of progress. Now, I have one more favor. If you are listening to this and you have not yet rated and reviewed this on Apple Podcast, it helps us so gosh darn much. And it would mean so, so much to me if you would go do that. Uh, you can do that while you're listening to the episode. Again, it just, it means so much to me. It brings such a smile to my face to see the impact and it helps me bring on people to this show that you guys want to listen to. So if this has helped you revamp your life, if this has helped your grandma get herself up and into action, your pastor is having breakthroughs, whatever it is to you, your next door neighbor or your Buddhist Zen temple monastery, I don't care. Send it to them with some love and some hearts. And as always, let us know in the like and review comments the best way that we can continue to support your highest expression. Without further ado, let's pitter-patter and let's dive in.